When I first got into this, the press was attacking me. What does she know? How dare she run for office? Who does she think she is? They were saying I didn't have the skills to run for office. And now, all of a sudden, whoa, I'm so skilled that I might be running for <laughs> vice president. This is Carrie Lake, and she's a Republican running for office for the first time in her life. Her goal? To be the next governor of Arizona. This election season is full of critical races all across the country. But a lot of people are paying very close attention to this one in Arizona. That's because what happens there could have big ripple effects. Carrie Lake was once a Barack Obama fan, but has since become a vocal supporter of former President Donald Trump. Now, like Trump, she spreads false claims about the 2020 election. I'm going to be here not just four years, I'm going to be here eight years, and I'm going to be the fake news' worst nightmare for eight years, so they better get used to it. There are a lot of candidates on the ballot next Tuesday. But as post-political reporter Ruby Kramer explains, Lake has managed to stand out. And I just remember thinking, we're watching the next generation of Trump Republicans. Like, these are the people who are going to be taking the helm of his movement in one way or another. From the newsroom of The Washington Post, this is Post Reports. I'm Elahe Izadi. It's Tuesday, November 1st. Today, Carrie Lake's competitive run for governor and what her candidacy means for the future of the GOP. Ruby Kramer was recently on the campaign trail in Arizona and spoke with our guest host, Jerry Brewer, about what she saw. I'll let them take it from here. We knew we wanted to do a story about Carrie Lake. She is running for governor and has become sort of this phenomenon in Arizona. She uh, was a former news anchor for 22 years at one of the top stations in Phoenix. And so her name is known everywhere across the city and also across the state. And she's used that to basically become Trump's biggest and most ardent sort of candidate in his mold. And so I knew she had been confrontational with the media, but I didn't exactly know what I was walking into when I went up to her after an event. She was working the end of a rope line and had just done a gaggle with some of the reporters who were there to cover this event. And I sort of rushed over before she slipped backstage and just introduced myself. If you have two seconds, I'm trying to do a profile of you for the paper. We'd love to spend And as I was doing so, she sort of immediately cut me off. And just as soon as she heard the words Washington Post, she saw an opportunity to sort of tee off on me. You don't give anybody fair coverage, unfortunately. You don't. The paper. And the paper doesn't give people fair coverage. And I really hesitate to work with that propagandist out here like that. It's not even like there were people watching. This was two human beings sort of in a back corner of a room. Just a few of her staffers were watching. And so I thought maybe it would be an opportunity to sort of have a one-to-one -one conversation or at least begin a conversation and say, hey, I'm out here. I want to write about you. I want to write about your campaign. And she just, yeah, immediately attacked me. So tell me about Carrie Lake's background. Where'd she come from? So she has a really interesting story. 
She was born in rural Iowa, went to journalism school. She studied mass communications at the University of Iowa. And she immediately gets picked up to be a weekend weather anchor at a station just across the Iowa border in Illinois. And from there, she got picked up by the NBC affiliate in Phoenix to be their weekend weather anchor. Look at our forecast. No delays here. Just pure, gorgeous weather. A sunshine alert for you. 71 tomorrow. I think moving to Phoenix and starting to build what became a very big television career is an important part of sort of her formative experience in understanding how to develop a platform in TV news and really valuing that platform, right? She eventually becomes a household name there. I mean, it took 27 years, but she spent 22 of them at a Fox affiliate doing the 5 p.m. and 9 p.m. newscasts every weeknight. So, you know, this is someone who was in the homes and living rooms of Arizonans for more than two decades. I'm Carrie Lake with a look at your Fox 10 Facebook news updates. Ruby, tell me more about her platform and what she's running on. So, I mean, a big thing is that she believes that Trump was the true winner of both Arizona and the presidential election. She is fully playing to Trump's following. The last time that former President Trump was in Arizona for a rally, she was in a back room backstage waiting for him to arrive. And a bunch of staffers had laid out a red carpet, like a small red carpet in the area that they had reserved for photo lines. And a staffer pulled out a vacuum to get all the dust up from the carpet. And Carrie Lake came over to the staffer and was like, I'll take it from here. Let me do it so it's done right. I mean, this is someone who basically has devoted her entire political identity, as young as it is, to President Trump. Let's reminisce now. Let's go back to the good old days. Just a few years ago when President Trump was in charge. Remember this? I think the election denialism stuff has been a huge part of her platform. There are other issues that I think we'll see her try to maybe pivot to or shift attention to as we get closer and closer to the general election. One is a dual-track education plan that would give high school students the option to go to trade school or technical training rather than college. She's talked a lot about fentanyl coming across the border. But at the end of the day, this is someone who wants to fundamentally reshape the way that voting takes place in Arizona, a pretty critical swing state. And this is someone who treats immigration and abortion as a full-on crisis and would crack down on both of those things and certainly add more restrictions. In thinking about her rise, what was the primary like in getting the nomination? It was a very messy primary, best known for a clip that went viral from the candidates' debate. The moderator, who is an anchor at the PBS station in Arizona, essentially lost control of the room for a while and had something like five people talking over each other. First of all, put everything... At one point in that messiness... Carrie basically turned to the moderator and said, Is this a spoof, Ted? No, it's not. Finish Are you same. sure? Yes, an I S- am. S- <laughs> wow. Okay. We need to look at, explore every single option on the table. And I think we need to look at piping. I mean, it was a classic Carrie Lake moment where she sort of like cuts in, confronts, takes over the room, starts interviewing the interviewer, just turns the entire situation upside down. That's Scott, all we're asking. I think I'd like to answer. Let her answer, mind. please, yeah. Scott. There's a reason we don't always invite Scott, because he's polling at 0%. No, 1%. And this is what happens. 
I want to hear more about what it's like on the campaign trail with Lake. I was at a few events with her. One I went to in Queen Creek, Arizona with Senator Ted Cruz. We are going to retire a bunch of Democrats. <laughs> Read into it with that, whatever you and like. And this was an event with the entire GOP ticket in Arizona. The Republican nominee for U.S. Senate, Blake Masters, was there. Carrie Lake was there. Who's ready to vote Republican? Awesome. So we drove out here and I... I and the headline speaker was Cruz. I think, like many Carrie Lake events, this one had, you know, tons of people in Trump gear, in Carrie Lake gear, cowboy hats. It was at this sort of saloon-style restaurant and people were crowding in every seat in the sort of outdoor area was was taken. One thing that struck me about this event was that amid all of this stuff, Carrie Lake was clearly sort of the star speaker. And she is just going to say things that rile up the crowd. Move and get rid of the grocery tax. We are going to remove and get rid of the rental tax, and that's going to put a half a billion dollars back into the pockets of hardworking Arizonans. We've got to have some relief. Now, here's the sad part of that. Even if we removed all the taxes, it's still going to be hard when we see inflation rising the way it is. Now, one of the things... Uh, I, know- I remember there was a moment in her speech while Ted Cruz was watching within sight of the entire crowd, Carrie Lake calls for... You know what sounds really good? Senate Majority Leader Ted Cruz. How about that? And for Ted Cruz, this is like an extremely awkward thing because he's not trying to go to war necessarily with Mitch McConnell, but there's Carrie Lake getting the crowd to cheer for the idea of Majority Leader Ted Cruz. And I just remember looking over at Cruz and he's like, sweating like awkwardly like clenching at his water bottle giving this like really weird tiny smile but that's lake i mean she just she knows how to get a crowd revved up and i think she's not afraid to push the envelope in terms of the way she presents the republican party today in a public setting she's got a very narrow idea of what it means to be a good republican and it's very much built around Trump's image, not necessarily caring much about establishment party politics. So what'd you learn from voters about why they prefer? I think talk to any voter at at one of these Carrie Lake events and they'll bring up that they believe the election was stolen. They love what she has to say about that. Arizona is sort of ground zero for lies about the rigged election process. And I think what you also see is a skepticism of the woman that Carrie Lake is running against, whose name is Katie Hobbs. And Hobbs is the current Secretary of State. And, you know, Hobbs is an interesting candidate. She's sort of the polar opposite of Lake. She spent her career in elected public service. She was the minority leader in the Arizona State Senate. She is now the Secretary of State, so she helped oversee the entire 2020 process. And she has refused to share a stage with Carrie Lake. She won't debate Carrie Lake. So, you know, when you talk to voters, the one thing that they know about the standoff between 
Carrie Lake and Katie Hobbs is that Hobbs isn't showing up and is, you know, for lack of a better way of putting it, kind of afraid to face down Lake on a stage. If you're running against someone who is an election denier and you think that she is a threat to democracy, then, you know, I think some voters at least would expect you to go on stage and make that case if she's so dangerous. So that has definitely been a huge factor in this race over the last couple months and continues to be one in the last final weeks, too. Ruby, you wrote that to watch Carrie Lake in action is seeing the new Republican Party at work. Can you elaborate on that? What do you mean? I think what I mean is that these are Republican candidates who don't really have much to say about following the, the tradition of Bush or the older Bush or even Reagan. They learned the way they learned what they wanted to do in politics by watching Donald Trump. And so I say in the piece that makes Lake, you know, something kind of similar to a lot of the 20-somethings who are working on their campaign. I think there's a whole generation of leaders who are going to be doing business differently because Trump has been their model and because they were sort of swept up in the entire Trump movement. And so Carrie Lake, you know, happens to be 53 years old, but she had her sort of political awakening sometime after 2016. And so, you know, yeah, I think that there's going to be a whole new generation of these sort of Trump prototype candidates and operatives who, you know, love the way he does his rallies. They love the way he confronts the press. They love the show and the spectacle that he puts on. And I think Carrie Lake is putting on a show and she's making her race a spectacle. After the break... Ruby tells us what it was like to finally sit down face-to-face with Carrie Lake. We'll be right back. In-laws, love them or hate them, you're pretty much stuck with them. And when you're a ruler in the Middle Ages, that can be a serious problem. It might even land you dead. I'm Dan Jones, and on season four of This Is History, I'm telling the story of England's weirdest king, Henry III. He's in way over his head, and he's surrounded by bloodthirsty relatives with their eyes on his throne. To listen, search This Is History and follow wherever you get your podcasts. So you finally had the chance to interview Lake. What was that experience like? It was a little chaotic, a little confusing. I didn't think that I would get the chance to interview her because, again, you heard how it went when we first met. And there was a lot of back and forth, and I wasn't sure if it was going to happen. And when we finally did get the chance to sit down, it was at the end of a very long day. We only had, I think, about like four or five minutes. It was in a back room after her final event of the day. And... I sit down and I see that there's a very large television camera pointed in the direction of my face and a boom mic. And by now, you know, by this point, I knew that Carrie makes a point of recording every interaction that she has. I mean, basically from the moment she steps out the door, she's wearing her own personal microphone. And it's hooked up to the camera 
that's actually operated by her husband. Oh, sorry. Am I being recorded just to... You are being recorded. Like my face. Is it, face? Is it just a white shot? Yeah, it's a white yeah. shot. Is that okay? If, yeah, I mean, it's, it's up to you. I know. It's, <laughs> it's not my favorite. I am also at the end of a long day, no, and I don't really feel like being seen on camera. It's not my favorite either. Yeah. It's just something that she does. I think it's something that we're going to see a lot more from Republican campaigns, frankly. And it's something that you would maybe expect, like, on a presidential race level. Uh, presidential candidates, like, often travel with their uh, own personal videographer or their own personal photographer, but not for the purpose of, you know, making content in real time in order to put it on social media, in order to drum up your supporters, in order to you know, embarrass other people around you. So it's a different environment, but I do think it's telling us something about where sort of Trump's version, at least, of the Republican Party is headed. And this is a lifelong television journalist. How does she reconcile her career in media with this idea that she has now that all news is fake news? I think for me, it was the most perplexing part of writing this story and trying to get to the bottom of what has been described as Carrie Lake's political transformation. There's been a lot of focus on the fact that Carrie Lake was once a registered Democrat. She, according to reporting that I did, was somewhat enamored with President Obama when he first came on the scene. She registered as a Democrat, switching her party registration the day after he won the Iowa caucuses in 2008. And then she switched back to being a Republican. So there's been a lot of focus on oh, Carrie was a Democrat, now she's a Republican, and then she went all in for Trump. I think what's even more sort of surprising and fascinating and hard to wrap your head around is the transformation that she made from reporter to someone who basically thinks the entire news system is corrupt and immoral. And for me, on a personal level, I have to look at it as, okay, She's not just undermining the institution that is journalism. She's going after people who were once her colleagues and her friends. Like, how do you do that? I mean, she she left behind an entire life and career in news, but she also left behind a lot of relationships. And so sometimes watching her on the campaign trail, I was just trying to figure out, is this genuine? Like, when you're looking in the eyes of a reporter— Maybe it's someone who you've worked alongside in Phoenix for 15, 20 years. Do you really believe they're bad actors and that they're corrupt and that they're not just good people doing their jobs? I don't know. <laughs> it was just my, it's it's still a little mind-boggling to me. But I think in terms of her politics, she's probably not so different from the many people who saw something in Trump and just went all in. Like, that is not, an uncommon story of the last six years. So what are the stakes here for Arizona? If Carrie Lake wins, what are the implications for that state and elections moving forward? The stakes are huge. I think it's probably the most important governor's race in the country right now. Lake is running on a slate of Republican candidates who have all said that the election was stolen. As governor, she could be working hand-in-hand with Mark Fincham, who's running to be secretary of state, who is sort of the face of claims in Arizona that the election was stolen. If Lake gets into office, she could try to remake the way voting is done. And Arizona, just 
you know, to state the bottom line here, is a state that's going to help decide the presidency every four years. It's a huge story, and I think also on the line is the way that abortion will be handled and immigration. Arizona is a border state, and Lake has said that she wants to declare a state of invasion along the U.S. southern border. And as far as abortion, she has said that, you know, she's very comfortable with the current 15-week ban. She's spoken positively about a law that's still on the books from the 1800s that would be a near-total ban. So she would be sort of on the vanguard of a very conservative way of governing. Ruby, this is fascinating and sobering. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Ruby Kramer is a national political enterprise reporter for The Post. This story was produced by Arjun Singh. That's it for Post Reports. Thanks for listening. Today's show was mixed by Sean Carter and edited by Lucy Perkins. Next Tuesday is Election Day. Yes, just one week away. And all this week, we're bringing you the stories you need to make sense of the midterms. If you value this kind of insightful political reporting you can only get at The Washington Post, consider subscribing. It's a great way to make sure we can continue to bring these stories that help you navigate our complex world. Check out postreports.com slash offer. I'm Ella Heizadi. We'll be back tomorrow with more stories from The Washington Post. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen.